How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Eucalypt Speed Test Intelligence Data. Fixed median download speeds. USQ3 2023. Get the Hillman Morning Show on demand. Podcasts and more are always online and on your schedule at WAAF.com. And I don't know, shoot, do you know which wrestler? This was, this was Lilo or Leo Rush. Leo Rush. And he was talking to, uh, what's the Irish guy's, Irish guy's name? Finn Balor? Is that how you say it? I don't know any yeah, of the but wrestlers. He was, he was uh, comparing him to Gronk. Okay. See, Finn, you should have just quit while you were ahead. You really should have. Now you are going to be forced to leave the game as a beaten, broken, hot piece of garbage like Rob Gronkowski. Whoa. Yeah, uh-huh. mm-hmm. Gronk's going to have to show up. In a couple weeks and right. respond, and then nice. Gronk is going to immediately be a part of the WWE. Mm-hmm. That's my prediction right there. That, yeah. was, that was a part of the script. Yep. All right. Let's see. A texter says, I know it's none of our business, but for real, are Danielle and Stiz Grimey oh, dating or are they just friends? It's very confusing. We're just I, friends. I think it's confusing to the two of them. You know who think, makes it confusing? Who? Go across the hall and look in the mirror. Well, I don't make it confusing. <laughs> yes, I you mean, do. Well, listen. You do. You're you setting t- up this whole storyline, no. Gregory. <laughs> no, I can yes. tell you two spend a lot of time together, which is a nice thing. There's nothing wrong with that. Uh-huh. And, you know, co-workers do that from time to time. And and I know that maybe Stiz is not as... Uh, not as wealthy as you might as you might like. That's the understatement um, of the year. The kid but, is a hard worker, uh, and he's but, very dedicated, and he's a hustler. And I, I do not, I do not, I will not turn my nose up at that ever. I mean, I feel like maybe you're you're like the subject of an Ario Speedwagon song, <laughs> and you can't fight that feeling anymore. Like I feel like you're fighting that feeling. Yeah. Um, but you shouldn't fight that feeling. I mean, the two of you connect. On an ethereal level, uh-huh. like a soulmate kind right. of. Right? Yeah. Or we're, we're, we're 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 twin of, flames. We're karm- of, It's a karmic uh, relationship. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, all right. You know what's standing um, in between my and Stan living a life of happiness? Marlboro Reds. Oh, because oh, mm. oh, he's a smoker. Mm. You can't date a smoker. No, it's gross. Huh? Can't do it. What other things? Like any other habits? That you find disgusting that would lead to you not being able to date a guy? Messy? Like, do you care if a guy is messy? He, does, he like, leaves his clothes all around? I don't or... care if you're untidy, if you're, like, dirty, sloppy, like, leaving food out and, like, gross stuff like that. Like, if you're dirty, that's yeah. that, that I can't deal with. That's, like, college-level yeah. stuff. Like, you know, go back to one-night stands, you know. Um, but... I don't mind if you're, you know, I don't mind picking up after somebody. You don't? No, not at all. I, I like, I'm a nurturer, obviously, with yeah. the animals. So I yeah. like, you know, I like doing a guy's laundry. I like oh, cooking, like cleaning care- the house and stuff. Cooking, cleaning Yeah, I like house, the house, housemaker stuff. Doing all that yeah, stuff. Yeah, I don't mind it. It doesn't taking bother me. Taking care of his business. Yeah. Yeah. You know, help um, me out in the yard. We'll put up the pergola for the spring. <laughs> Honey, can you go get me like 60 bags of mulch at Home Depot? <laughs> uh, this is Paul. Hello, Paul. Hey, morning, you guys. What's up? What's Polly? up? What's up, Paul? So, I, so I, I just want to ask. So, when Stiz is in the studio, Greg, is 
Is the sexual tension that palpable? Yes. Do, do, do you feel the pheromones going back and forth between, you know, those two people? Is, Listen, it, is, when, is it like Dr. Evil in jail when, when she came to visit him? <laughs> they just jumped mm, over the table. Uh, when Stiz walks in to announce his poll question, he immediately looks at her. She looks at him. They smile. Sometimes they wink. Other times they just stare into each other's eyes, and it's magic. It's obvious to the rest of us what's going on. Mm-hmm. And I, and I, I for one encourage it. You want to play Dreamweaver uh, and we'll uh, reenact <laughs> the thing on video. <laughs> <laughs> Here's a text that says, "If Stiz Grimey was making a couple hundred G's a year, this would be a done deal." No, not necessarily. <laughs> He's still young for me. You gotta make at least as much as I do and be able he's, to take care of yourself. He's too young. Yeah. Is grimy. Yeah. All right. Well, today's Hill Mail voicemail messages are brought to you by East Coast Metal Roofing. Reach out to them today to find out about their spring into savings program. You are going to save 10% off a brand new metal roof. And it's the last roof you'll ever have to worry about putting on your home. EastCoastMetalRoofing.com. That's EastCoastMetalRoofing.com. If you're attending the second annual Greg Hill Foundation Cornhole Beach Cornhole Tournament up in Old Orchard on June 1st, you can take a drive by and check out my new metal roof over in Ocean Park. <laughs> Maybe we'll do like a drive-by tour of oh. the metal roof. On that Saturday, June first, I think the uh, cornhole tournament has sold out. Yes, it so, sold out. Uh, uh, it, it sold like, out right away. Yeah, right away. So I, I want. I think that last team went on Friday. It went on yeah, Friday. I, I'm pretty sure. All right. Well, I want to thank everybody who got a team for the event. I think I saved a couple to give away. So when we get closer to that, we'll we'll uh, give some away. But here for you now are the very best Hillmail voicemail messages that you have left for us over the previous 24 hours. Monday, 7.32 a.m. I just heard that if Gronk is a first ballot Hall of Famer, he'll get into the Hall of Fame in six years after playing for nine years. Nice. End of message. Yeah. Well, the numbers are hard to argue with. Somebody yesterday was, I think Stiz brought up Shannon Sharp who yeah. played for 14 years, and his numbers are not where Gronk's numbers are at after nine years. So he's absolutely, absolutely an NFL Hall of Famer. Plus, absolutely. He, he had a pretty good quarterback to work with. Well, uh, well, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. absolutely. But he could have played for another three years, mm. another, another four years, I, I think. I mean, listen, he's been injured a lot. Yeah. The back thing has been persistent. Um. Uh, let's see. Um, the Patriots are going to open the season up on Sunday night football, September eighth. That was announced yesterday. So, um, many had thought that they would get to open the season up on Thursday night, as every single other right uh, Super Bowl champion has Ever. for the last seven or eight years. Oh, it's the but, anniversary. But that is not happening because Roger Goodell hates the Patriots. Monday, 8.02 a.m. Hey, Chip, I've lived like 14 lifetimes, and I've been overweight and out of shape in every one of them. <laughs> End of message. <laughs> Poor LB. LB's out sick today with the flu. 
got the Tuesday Blues Day flu. <laughs> Monday, 9, 12 a.m. I catch Olivia John from Newton was on the show today. I know her song, you know. Wave with the queen of hearts. Oh. Living like a soldier. <laughs> Caught to the in the End of message. Was Juice her real name? I can't believe that was her real name. That was not her real name. Yeah. Right? No, Just no, like Ice-T is his real name. Yeah. No parent named somebody Juice Newton. It was Judy. I don't think. It was? Judy. Oh, you Judy just looked K. it up? Judy Newton, I did. Judy Newton. Yep. Oh. 5.53 a.m. Hi, kid. I'll be here. So not going to make it in today, kid. Oh, I went to go lift up the box of white zin yesterday. And I couldn't feel my arm. Oh, so I figured I'd take the day off to rest, kid. Don't know what's going on. I'll see you guys tomorrow. End of message. So did he text you guys? Yeah. I was conveniently left off that text. Well... Uh-huh. It doesn't. Oh, sorry, Deluxa. He doesn't like you. I couldn't see the phone. I mean, he I loves me. To, we're best friends. I don't, I don't we hug what, it out every day after the show. I don't know we what tell to tell you. We tell each other we're great. It's fine. <laughs> Everything's fine. Uh, let's see. Here's a text that says Shannon Sharp said yesterday that Gronk was not the best tight end ever. He was. Right. Well, no of course surprise. he did. He's so arrogant. I don't like him. He's well, very you don't, annoying. You don't Shannon like Sharp? Him? No, I can't stand him. <laughs> well, he's confident. Bother no, some people. There's there there's a there's a very fine line between confident and cocky. Yeah, I and mean he does not ride it well. You said Gronk had a great quarterback, so did Shannon Sharp, John mm-hmm. Elway yeah. for for a yeah. large part was, of that career. It was okay. So, um, I mean, I think the thing that people miss sometimes is that Gronk got those numbers while being injured for mm-hmm. a considerable right. portion of his career, and. Probably the best. Like, if you ask Ninko about it, Ninko would tell you he's the best blocking tight end that there's mm-hmm. ever been in the game, but bar none. Right. Shannon, for- Sharp wasn't, Shannon Sharp wasn't doing that. And don't forget, always double coverage on Gronk. Oh, it's, oh always. Uh, no, triple. Like, he had guys yeah. on his back yeah. physically yeah. carrying them down the field. Mm-hmm. 6.20 a.m. Hey, this is LB with the sports. Uh, how long is that? Uh, you know what? Just Google it. End of message. <laughs> Google it. Google it. Google it. 6.32 a.m. Good day, son. What did you learn in school today? Well, Dad, I learned that crop dusting equals $1.8 million. Mm-hmm. Crikey, that's a lot of money. End of message. <laughs> 6.35 a.m. Searching around the inside of my truck for an ice pick. So I could pierce my eardrums, so I didn't have to listen to any more of that dribble of Scotch from Weymouth. Why? Why do you do that to your listeners? I thought you liked us, Greg, and yet put Scott on the phone. Ah! End of message. That was gold this morning. I'm sorry. I could have listened to that all day. It was fun. It was very fun. Letting him say one word and then putting him immediately on hold. And then the final thing where he hung up on himself because, yes. because I didn't say. Do you want to replay <laughs> yeah, that? We have yeah, to we replay that. <laughs> yeah, we'll For do... the people that missed it, that was really epic when, when he hung up on himself. Yeah. We got to get. Stiz. Yeah, no one's paying attention. You have to pull, no. pull off the final thing when Scott, when nobody said anything and Scott thought he had been hung up on. People who didn't hear that at 630 might like to hear that again. Rare content replay.
7.05 a.m. Hey, Greg, Greg, don't, 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 don't up up. 30 seconds. Hey, Shu, how you doing? Hey, Shu, how come you don't like me? Yeah, uh, hold on a minute. <laughs> Greg, I'll call you back. End of message. Oh, my God. Was that? That couldn't have been him, right? No, no that was it sounded so good. Pretty that good impression. It sounded yeah. just like him. Pretty good Ooh, impression. pants. Wow, those. <laughs> Is that it on Hillmail? Yes. All right. Excellent. Thank you. <laughs> it is 8-12. We will await Stiz Grimey's word that we can have a rare content replay on Scott from Weymouth earlier this morning. And if you missed it, every time he called... Well, he. Well, I, I shouldn't say every time he called. He called once at the very start of the show, 6, six o'clock on the dot... I didn't go to him until like 6.20, and then I let him say one word and put him back on hold, and I did that four or five times. Amazing. Just amazing. So um, that's the way I think we'll deal with him in the uh, in the future. I approve. <laughs> um, <laughs> some people, a lot of people, I guess, do not like Shannon Sharp when it comes to those who are former players who are on television. Well, if he wasn't such an a-hole, that may change. <laughs> right. Exactly. Well, you know, I mean, maybe you like him if you're from Denver, though. Sure, maybe it's oh, yeah, like a, of course. Maybe it's like a, one of those things where mm-hmm. they re- they love him out there. I don't know. Yeah, but like he's, we love Belichick. He's, he's, well, yeah, you right. Know, he may yeah. come across as someone who is kind of a jerk at times. Yeah, but we understand that more than anybody. But somebody from Denver would probably be like, "What a jerk! He doesn't even talk to the reporters." I think Gronk would be a good sideline guy. He's not like a Romo guy who's going to analyze and, and break down the game to mm-hmm. the degree that Romo does. Is that because he's hot? Well, uh, No, but I think he'd be fun like Saragusa. You Remember they used, yeah, to, have, they used yeah. to have Saragusa on the sidelines? Yeah, yeah. I think that would be, if he wants to get into that, I think that, I think that would be a great, a great place for him. But, I mean... Drew Rosenhaus's agent said that he has television offers. He's got movie offers. He's, I mean, he's got, he he has plenty. Believe me, he has mm-hmm. plenty. And he said he's going to take two, three years off and do nothing mm-hmm. except party <laughs> to to figure out what he wants to do. Fine, so, the guy's yeah. worked. It's okay. Yeah. I'm fine with that. Do your thing, guy. Yeah. All right, um, let's get to the news, and the news this hour is brought to you by... Cars for Kids, the easy way to donate your car. Donate today, and your car can be picked up tomorrow. Go to carsforkids.com or 1-877-CARS-4-KIDS. Fuel up the G4! We're flying to Florida! <laughs> and now... A woman who thought she had bad Chinese food was actually pregnant. Another edition of... What is the reason why one would paint a tortoise? Florida. Not like the rest of us. That's ridiculous. You know, there's really no story that's more Florida than this one. <laughs> oh. and, and that's a bold statement, I realize. Yeah. So if today's your birthday, Tuesday, March 26th, this will be in the <laughs> Florida Man birthday yes. challenge next year for you. Yes. I was reading that the Florida Man thing might be fishing. Yeah. Where there's people who want to get your birth date and yeah. your uh, social media stuff, right. like information. So just be careful if right. you're doing the yeah. Florida Man challenge, y'all. Right. 
it could be companies fishing for your information. Right. Yeah. Don't don't post it on social media. Right. Yeah. That's right. the key. Yeah, and then exactly. they find they, they track find your birthday thing. from there. Yeah. Right. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. All but, right. So anyway, uh, what what is this story that is more Florida than any other story, or typically Florida? Stunned drivers saw a naked woman run across Interstate 95, <laughs> and a man run after her with a dog, and there's video. Oh, he had the dog in his arms, or was he? Was the dog he was, ca- le- the, he was carrying a dog. He was carrying a dog, <laughs> and she was nude. She was nude. Running across the highway. Yep. Uh, you know, we need to hear, the. never mind the, the uh, what happened after this happened, we need to hear the backstory on how they got to that point, where she's <laughs> no. naked right. and he's chasing her with a dog. So uh, the man who got it on video is Richard Griffin. This happened in Flagler Beach on that stretch of okay. 95, okay? Yeah. So Richard is is driving, and he said that the, these two people ran across all six lanes of the highway. Um, <laughs> and they made it across? They made it across. Yeah. Uh, evidently, yeah. there was some kind of issue with, you know, the dog running away. Yeah. I still don't know why the woman was naked. <laughs> right. Uh, right. But I guess maybe if your dog gets away and you, you don't want it to get hit by a car on the highway, maybe you just run out the door. Who knows? But uh, here's Richard talking about what he saw. How did they make it six lanes over and six lanes back with the dog and the lady was naked and nobody got in an accident? People do love their animals, so I can understand that. I just don't know if, um, you know, people unclothe themselves before attempting to save their animals. <laughs> a standard thing. Uh, yes, that's why yeah. you need a dash cam. That is just wild. Look at that. There she goes, running back to the car. Good Lord, Batman. Uh-huh. Put your clothes on, girl. All right. Oof. What else is in the news this morning? Rational fe- irrational fear in the news. A Maryland woman suffered a massive stroke doing a yoga move. She oh. reportedly tore an artery. She's still suffering... Um, uh, I think I'm having a stroke right now. She's still suffering severe headaches. Yes. Couldn't find my place. Sorry. Um, she's suffering severe headaches. Um, but she said that she's not going to give up yoga regardless. She's still going to keep doing it. Um, she was doing a hollow back handstand pose for the gram. Oh, um, yeah. But she started to get blurry vision and then lost control of her arm shortly thereafter. And in the days followed, her eye was drooping, her uh, pupils were different sizes. So her husband brought her to the hospital, and they they discovered after they did a CT scan that she did, in fact, um, have a stroke, and she had torn her right carotid artery. Another great reason reason not to do yoga Mm -hmm. (laughs) or Mm -hmm. any kind of physical exercise. (laughs) None of it. No. Have you? Can you do that move? Can you do what's it called again? Hollow back handstand. Yeah. No. Um, you can't do that. No. What's uh, is what? What's your what? Like, what's your number one go to? Chaturanga. Oh, it's oh, like the so, plank pose. Oh, so, oh, oh, it is. Yeah. No, I don't really. I don't. I don't. I I can't do advanced yoga moves. So. Yeah. <laughs> I just do the basic stuff. I just sit in child's pose, like in Forgetting Sarah Marshall. You can just sit in child's pose. If you just want to, sir, can't bring alcoholic beverages in here. I know there's alcohol in that. Right. So good in that. Well, that's another reason not to participate in yoga. Mm-hmm. Today's irrational fear. What else? A there's a woman in the news um, who stabbed her boyfriend for getting them kicked out of a Brian Adams concert. Oh really? no! I wish LB was here for this. Um, the woman and her boyfriend were from <clears throat> St. John's, Newfoundland. She's 34 years old, and they went to a Brian Adams concert. And Canadians obviously love their Brian Adams. So while they were there, she left her seat to get closer to the stage. And this happens at concerts all the time. 
uh, when you go to shows like that and everyone's sitting down, people start to get antsy. So this guy that was sitting in the front row got into an argument with her. Like, How dare you come up here? I paid for these seats. When he took out his phone to report her, the boyfriend ran up, grabbed the phone and threw it. <laughs> Security came in to break up the fight. They kicked out the woman and her boyfriend. Now, when they get home, the woman blamed her boyfriend for getting them kicked out. There was only 20 minutes left in the show. So they missed the finale. They missed the encore. She wound up stabbing him in the face. Oh, Jeez. very aggressive. You would not think that Brian Adams fans would be the ones to get violent after a concert related incident. Uh, mm-hmm. Canadians think, really get in a fervor about I, Brian Adams, yeah, I, yeah. I guess. I, I, yeah. I guess so. I mean, the obvious earmoth here, because it's uh because it's appropriate, would be cuts like a knife. Oh yes. yeah. yeah. But I don't but I don't know that I want to do that right now. <laughs> Hello, Kevin. Good morning, everybody. What's up, Kevin? Uh, obscure reference, but this is for Danielle in yoga. Has she ever done the Hamada Hamada move? <laughs> really? I feel like I ought to put Scott on after that. You know what I mean? <laughs> does Scott do yoga? I, I, I don't know. I don't, I don't think, think Scott can afford yoga. I don't think he does. Working, you know, one day this week with his buddy who picked him up. Uh, speaking of being able to afford things, mm-hmm. I have another Powerball ticket to give away. We are giving away Powerball tickets this morning. The prize is upwards of $750 million right now. And the drawing is not until tomorrow night. So if you call 617 617- Seven six four nine two two three, and you are the seventh caller. I am going to give you a two dollar Powerball quick pick ticket. If you win, you have to give some to your favorite radio hosts or to the Greg Hill Foundation or mm. something like mm-hmm. that. Mm-hmm. But no Clinton Foundation um, donations. Uh, well, you could, if you wanted, you could make a donation to the Clinton Foundation or whatever. Uh, but. Yeah, I mean, and I, I mean, honestly, on the seven fifty million, would you take the uh, like the uh, the payout over X amount of years, oh, yeah. or would you take the lump sum? No, lump sum. You you would take the lump Absolutely. sum. Absolutely. Yeah. What would you take? I would see what my financial advisor recommends. I would think that I would take the lump sum, but I've seen like reports on why the annuity is better. So I would have yeah. to I would have to look into it and see, and then I would work for six mm-hmm. more months, and then I would disappear, and you'd never see me again. Well, I don't know how long I got, so I think yeah, I'll take people, the lump sure. sum. Yeah. Yeah, well, I you think, get the gout and the right, yeah, and all know? that stuff. Yeah, I fatty think, liver. I think the people who take the lump sum are the ones who end up blowing it, right? Within like the first couple of years, mm-hmm. wasn't that the whole idea? Uh, well, I mean, yes. I, I, I don't know. Not, Maybe I mean, put some aside for a lawyer. Well, yeah. I mean, think about it. Your family could be taken care of yeah. for, for generations. Mm-hmm. So that's not going to take Based all on... of the seven hundred and fifty right, million. Right, right. Maybe just put aside fifty million for mm. that. This is Matt, who is the winner of the Powerball ticket. Hey, Matt. Good morning. How are you? Great, thank you. Where are you from, Matt? Well, I'm from Nahant. Hello, Danielle. Hey, buddy. What's going on, Matt? How are we doing? Fabulous. What do you do, Matt? Uh, I work for FedEx, actually. Excellent. I'm in sales. Excellent. And would you keep working for FedEx if you were to win? Uh, uh, probably not. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm, I, might, you know, I might go in for a few days just uh, to 
be goodbye. That'd probably be about it. Just show up and F smile everybody that you can't stand and <laughs> walk around throwing hundreds at everybody. Yeah, um, pretty much. What about taxes of a hundred dollars? What would you What would you do with it? Would you Would you buy a, a you know a car or a house or? I mean, we were talking about that earlier. What would be the first thing that you would do? Well, pay off the house, pay off the car, pay off the debt for the for the family, and uh, probably give you know probably give my close family members a couple million each just uh, so they could get comfortable, and then uh, move to Italy or something. Move to you're the second person <laughs> who won this morning. Who said move to Italy? Well, you know, food, wine, yeah, nice mm-hmm. people, beaches. Yeah, you know, could be worse places to be. Apparently, Mark Kuban recommends taking the annuity. Yeah, uh, and he certainly knows what he's talking about. He does. Uh, a lot of people texting in: If you die, you lose it. That's not true. Um, you can leave the the annuity become the annuity payments become part of your estate, or they can convert the uh, annuity into a lump sum, and then your estate would pay an estate tax on it. So you don't necessarily lose it if something happens to you, huh. which is interesting. Yeah. Because I don't think a lot of people know that. Yeah. All right. Well, $750 million on the line, and you have another chance to win a Powerball ticket. If you could use an extra $750 million, yeah. you'll, you'll get that chance next hour. And... All day long today. So you can listen every hour all day long because we are sort of giving away $750 million. <laughs> well, I guess we could say we're giving away, we're giving you the chance to right, win right. $750 million. All right, coming up, we're going to talk with Randy Bachman. Speaking of Canada, mm. we're going to talk with Randy Bachman from Bachman Turner Overdrive. That is coming up in just a little bit here on the Tuesday Hillman Morning Show. How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Ookla speed test intelligence data. Fixed median download speeds. USQ3 2023. We are about to be joined by Randy Bachman from Bachman Turner Overdrive and the Guess Who Canadian legend. Yeah. I wish, I wish LB were here. I wish the other Canadian legend uh, in his own mind were here this morning. That is Lyndon Byers, but he is out sick with the flu, but... Randy is going to join us, and we are going to go behind the ear moth on taking care of business, taking care of business, because I have heard an amazing story about that song with regard to the piano portion of the song and who played it. Oh, really? Yes. Okay. All right. It is my pleasure to take care of business and welcome to the show, Randy Bachman on the Framingham Ford studio line. Good morning. Good morning. How are you? Good. How you doing? Very good. Um, so right off the bat, I just want to go behind the ear roach, the ear moth, and find out whether or not the pizza delivery guy who came to the recording <laughs> studio is playing the piano on that song. He is. He is. Wow. Amazing. Really? <laughs> <laughs> so, um, 
This is like the um, you know, the old the story, the urban legend that uh, some guy showed up at the Coca Cola uh, bottle uh, or the Coca Cola plant or walked into their office and said you ought to put it in a bottle, and that's how Coke <laughs> ended up being in a bottle. Uh, but this is actually a true thing. Like the, you guys were in the studio and he showed up. Yeah, there was a knock at the studio door. We had been in the studio 14 hours, so we were packing up to go home. And I opened the door, and this guy's standing there, and he's in an army fatigue suit. He's got a big frizzy black beard and frizzy hair, and he's standing there with three pizzas. And I said, uh, we didn't order pizza, so try down the hall. Steve Miller was down the hall doing Why Can't We Be Friends album, and War was down the hall in Studio C doing, uh, I mean, they were doing Why Can't We Be Friends. Steve Miller was doing his Fly Can Eagle album. And so a few minutes later, there's a knock at the door, and the guy's standing there again. And I said, you got rid of the pizza? And he says, yeah. I said, what can, what can I do? He's standing there looking at me, and he said, well, this, uh, I've been listening to this song through the door, and it sounds like it could use a piano. And I oh said, yeah, God. I know Elton John and, and Dr. John and Little Richard, and I'll probably maybe have got a piano on it later. And he said, well, I'm here right now. I'm a piano player. I don't deliver pizza until the end of the month until I can't pay my rent. Give me a shot. So I, I said, well, okay, I'll give him a shot. We threw a mic and a piano. He played it once, and he went delivering pizza, and we went home to sleep. And I never even heard the piano track back after he played it. And the next day, the head of our label flew in and said, let me hear the album. And I said, well, you hear it a day early. We don't have it all mixed or balanced. He said, just let me hear what you got. So I said to the engineer, when you're playing this song, don't play the piano track, because we hadn't heard it played back. So halfway through TCB, the engineer pushes the volume up, and in comes the piano. And the head of our label, his name was Charlie. Charlie jumps out of the chair and goes, wow, that's amazing, BTO with the piano, because all you guys now our guitar, bass, and drums, you and ZZ Top and Doobie Brothers and Errol Smith. So Elton John owns AM and FM radio because of the piano. So let me hear the whole track. So we back the track up and play the whole track for him. And he goes, that's amazing. Leave it the way it is. Leave in the piano. And he says to me, who's playing the piano? I said, I have no idea. It's just a pizza delivery guy delivered pizza, and he left. He said, are you kidding? And I said, no. He said, this is a rock legend. I said, it sure is. I have no idea who the guy is. So I went down the hall to Steve Miller, and I said, where'd you get pizza from? And he said, well, it wasn't us. And I go further on down the hall to war, and I say, where'd you get the pizza from? They don't remember because everyone's cleaned up. And there's no pizza on napkins or boxes. So I went to the uh, lady at the front of the studio, and I said, here's the Yellow Pages. You started at Antonio's, and I'll start halfway through at Mario's. And we have to phone every Italian pizza place within maybe three or four blocks of the studio and ask them if they have a pizza delivery guy that looks like Fidel Castro. <laughs> <laughs> and you found him? Did you find him? I, I got him on the third phone call, and I said, um, can you tell me his name? And they wouldn't. They can't give employees names over the phone. I said, okay, how do I see him? They said, well, you've got to order a pizza. Oh. He starts working at 6. We ordered a pizza. He came in. His name was Norman Durkee. Uh, he, uh, later on, he went to, and that's the piano here on TCB. And later, he went on to be Bette Midler's musical director on, on her North American tour. Wow. And when I played with Ringo Starr All-Star Band in 95, we ended the tour in uh, Los Angeles at the Greek Theater, and the pianist for the re L.A. Philharmonic was the same guy, Norman Durkee. Wow. That's, uh, that's amazing. amazing. What a great story. What a great story. I, I had also read about you guys that Sammy Hagar wanted you guys to open the Van Halen tour, his first tour with Van Halen. Right. So that because you, know, cause you guys have so many great songs that the, that, that the, that the audience – would not have a chance to think at all about David Lee Roth in the lead in the lead up to the show. Is that true? 
Yes, I had been writing some songs with Sammy, and then he joined Van Halen, and he came up to my place uh, in Washington, where I lived, Linden, Washington, and did a couple of songs. And he said, uh, hey, would you guys like to open for Van Halen? I'm joining, we're doing the 5150 tour, and uh, we want like 35 minutes of hit songs. Uh, because they used to have what was called a popcorn band. They'd have a band that didn't have any hits. We'd just go up there and make a noise, and then people would be buying popcorn and buying merchandise right before the show. Yeah. But Sammy wanted, you know, rock and roll, and then only a five-minute switchover. So when they came on stage, they would just rock into Van Halen stuff, and nobody, nobody would be yelling, where's David Lee Roth? Like, where's Dave? So we did that for uh, ten and a half months. <laughs> Randy Bachman is our guest, and Randy Bachman left... Two big bands, the guess, the guess who, and BTO, at the height of their popularity, and I'm assuming that this film, which you want to talk about, which is called Bachman, addresses kind of why you did that. I think it might. I'm not sure. <laughs> <laughs> well, you guys well, worked. Uh, the the Randy Bachman has probably one of the, the maybe the best work ethic in rock and roll. These guys worked. They played. You played like three hundred gigs a year, basically. Yeah, for right? three or four years. Yeah, I yeah. mean, and they were constantly recording, writing music, making albums constantly all the time. That's got to burn after a while. But did you, Randy? Did you leave the Guess Who because of your religious beliefs? Is that is that story true? No, it's kind of made up. Okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh wait a minute! Wait a minute! Because that you're you, is that true that you were you were drug free during the sixties and seventies? Yes, oh, for my entire life I've been drug yeah, free. Which is yeah. amazing. The sixties and seventies yeah. were drugs in the music business. It was just a it, it was, was a given. It was thing. a given. Yeah. Right. And you, yeah. you managed to stay away from all that. Yeah. Well I was afraid of it. I saw how stupid my friends got when they were on drugs. I mean literally they would take acid and jump out of a third story window yelling I can fly I'm Superman and land on a truck below or a phone booth and break their legs. So I figured, I don't want, th this I won't do, so I didn't do it. I was allergic to smoke, so I never smoked anything. <laughs> oh, that's wow. amazing. Wow. Well, they, um, the filmmakers spoke to Neil Young and to Peter Frampton and a lot of others about you to create this 78-minute movie. And um, I'm sure that it's, I mean, you've been doing this for a long time. Is this one of those things that you ever anticipated happening, that there would be a documentary about you? No, and I thought it was a little too premature to happen when it did, but it just happened, so I went along with it. They talked to me and, and my kids, my daughter Lorelai, my son Tal, and some other um, Alex Lifeson's in there, and Paul Ooh. Schaefer, and a whole bunch of guys are in there. So it, it was uh, it was kind of interesting to see it. I saw it for the first time. I wasn't part of making it. Part of the deal was he didn't, want to tell me john barnum the, who i who he was interviewing or what they would say so i wouldn't want to get in there and censor it in a way so it was when i saw it at the indie doc fest last fall in toronto that was it i sat there with my with tal and lorelei my kids and everybody else my manager and they saw it for the first time i haven't seen it since then so i don't even know what you guys are talking about <laughs> <laughs> i need to see it again i mean when i saw it then there were so many flash bulbs and flashlights and going on and people you know I couldn't really sit down. So a lot of these things you've got to watch two or three times. Like I watched The Clapton, Life in 12 Bars. You know, I watched that, you know, at, I don't know, three or four times. Then you really get into it. Well, it premieres today on iTunes, Prime Video, Google Play, and DVD. So for anybody who wants to see it, 
and learn more about Randy and and uh, I mean they I think the the guess who had the first number one by a Canadian band on the Billboard charts ever, I think. Is that is, is That's that correct? And BTO had the second one. And BTO wow. had the second one, wow. which probably enraged Gordon Lightfoot. <laughs> yeah, well, we, I've known Gordon all my life. He was a great uh, inspiration for me. And uh, I don't know if he had a number one or not, but he sure had a lot of uh, hit albums, and he's like Canada's uh, Bob Dylan, basically. Yeah. Well, if... Um, when it comes to bands covering songs, your songs, like, like for instance, American Woman, mm-hmm. but, uh, are there covers that you like and covers you don't like? Well, at first you don't like it because it's not honoring you or copying your version, and then you realize, why would they copy my version when it failed? I, ju- I did a George Harrison tribute album last year mm-hmm. for his 75th birthday, and I tried to copy his song. It was ridiculous. I couldn't do them any better than he did with the Beatles, so I... I put out an album called By George, and I rearranged all his songs and did them differently, uh, which was a lot of fun to do. And I appreciated when I got a, a lime green CD that had scribbled on it, Mike Myers, Lenny Kravitz, and Mike Myers was doing Austin Powers, and he wanted to put American Woman in it, and Lenny Kravitz sent me six versions of American Woman of different tempos and different you know, grooves and everything, and said, which one do you like? So I picked one that I liked and told them. Then Lenny went and worked on that, and then that's the one that became the hit they added to the movie and his album. What did, um, how did you end up being playing yourself on The Simpsons? Well, it was really weird. I was on a, uh, uh, I was on a tour, and I come home, and uh, sitting there in my fax machine is a request to use Taking Care of Business and Ain't Seen Nothing Yet on The Simpsons. And my, my people who handled my, my songs then was Sony Music Publishing. So I called them up and I said, do they want to play my songs on The Simpsons? Like, for what? And they said, well, they want you on the show. You're on with BTO. You're, it's a cartoon show. You know, you're cartooned. You're drawn. And uh, Matt Groening is a big fan of BTOs because he went to Evergreen College in Seattle when you guys were, like, really busting out of Seattle in the, in the early 70s. And so you're... you're your cartoon did the movie, so you got to fly in and do a voiceover. And I said, wow, you're kidding. That's great. So I flew down there and did the voiceover. And the whole episode, um, uh, Homer Simpson is taking Bart to a concert, and he says, you you got to understand the 70s. We didn't know the band. We knew the band names, but we were such buddies. We called them ELO and CSNN and BTO, and every band <laughs> had their own initials. And like, and Bart's sitting there going, what? And he's going, yeah, and BTO's my favorite. And then I come on stage, and I say, Hey, nice to be Hello, Springfield. Nice to be here in town. We're going to play, um, you know, some new music. And Homer, Homer goes crazy going, I don't want to hear your music. Play Taking Care of Business. And then it goes <laughs> right. into Taking Care of Business and ain't seen nothing yet. And it was really, really amazing doing that show, meeting, sitting at a table for the read and seeing all the people doing the voices. Because when you're reading it and saying it, you don't see the, the cartoons. They put that together later. I mean, you don't see the animation. <laughs> That's hilarious. That's amazing. What is the... What do you think is the best use of a BTO song in film or television? Would would you say it's The Simpsons or something else? Uh, the Simpsons was really good, and the, uh, another really good pairing was Office Depot. Because oh, you're yeah. buying your office supplies and school supplies, oh, right. and you're taking <laughs> yes. care of business. Yes, yes. That's a good story uh, about that song in the film. You you say you wrote it. It was kind of it was about your dad. Right. Well, he'd always say to me, "You got to get a real job because you work at nothing all day." 
you know, and that kind of stuff. So I used some of his lyrics in there. <laughs> well, that's kind of like the similar to Dire Straits and Money for Nothing. Money for like, Nothing. People don't yeah, think, exactly. People don't think you're earning earning your living doing it. What is right. um is there a band that I always like to ask artists about bands that opened up for them and then went on to become really, really big? There must be some bands that opened up for BTO over the years who ended up becoming huge. Yes, who I'd like who I'd like to open for now. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. yeah. Well, one was Aerosmith. They had one song that was slightly getting played uh, in Boston. That was Dream On. Yeah, and uh, nobody had really heard of them, and we were playing B- uh, BTLs playing Boston, and uh, we didn't have a lot of security in those days, and so we're sitting in our dressing room, and you're trying to get psyched up before the show, right? And this guy comes running in the dressing room, and we have no idea who he is. He's dressed like Barbara Eden on on Dream I Dream of Jeannie. <laughs> oh yeah, he's got long hair, and he's got these flowing pants and shirt on. He's walking on his hands, and it's Steven Tyler. He comes in on his hands like. He's an acrobat. He used to walk backstage all the time on his hands. <laughs> and I say to Bruce Allen, our manager, who's this guy who's like broke in? He thinks he's Elvis. Throw him out. So Bruce stands up and says, out, out, get out, get out. And then two days later, we're on with him again. I realize this is the lead singer from Aerosmith. So every time I see Stephen Tyler now, which isn't that often, but we have this joke about me throwing him out of the dressing room, but I didn't know who he was. He could have been some guy who came in from the audience or the stage crew or something. Oh, and so that's... that was an opening act to us. Another one was Bob Seger, who when we hit number one, Bruce Allen, my manager, said, well, you're number one, you can pick an opening act. And I said, well, I want to get Bob Seger. And he said, who's that? And I said, well, I've got these two records called uh, Two Plus Two is on my mind and Rambling Gamble Man, and this guy's a real rocker. So we found him in a bar playing in Michigan and took him on tour, and he had been dropped at that time by Capitol and Warner Brothers. But he opened for BTO for over 200 dates, and then the record label started to call him. Hey, you're selling catalog. You're selling records everywhere you go. And then, uh, so they renewed their contract with Bob Seger. He asked me to produce them, him, but I didn't have time. So I passed them on to the, my uh, producer from the Guess Who, who was Jack Richardson, who then produced all of Bob Seger's hits, and he's playing tambourine on Night Moves and all that stuff. So there was a couple of opening acts there, that, and then Lizzie, uh, who oh. passed you by, and then you hope they will call you <laughs> to open for them someday. Um, we get to see in the film we get to see your massive guitar collection how many how many guitars do you own randy Uh, ask your co-host there how many pairs of shoes she has um yes yes very true oh that's a great yeah yeah all right so you don't know how many you have but exactly i don't know (laughs) do you have a favorite out of all of them is that possible well it's my 59 less paul that i played on american Mm -hmm. woman and I, I sold, I used to have Gretsch guitars. I sold 385 Gretsch guitars for Fred Gretsch. It's now the Gretsch Museum in Savannah, Georgia. And uh, now I just, I play my 59 Les Paul. I play a copy of it because the original was too heavy. It was like 14 and a half pounds and it messed up my back. So Gibson made me a lighter one that's under eight pounds. And I play that on stage all the time. It has the same tone. And my real one, the American one one, is in the Canadian Rock and Roll Hall of Fame Museum in Calgary, Alberta. That's the one you broke out at the end, of, near the end of the film. They break that out for you to play on the George Harrison album. You did. They yeah, pulled it out of the glass there, case. So we're, yeah. I'm doing, playing by George, and I, I said, "Look, I need a different guitar for the solo." And they, so my my bass player says, "Like, why don't you uh, go get your own guitar across the street?" So we go across the street to get our own guitar, and there's an armed guard with this guitar. So the guy comes over with a rifle, and they bring my guitar over. 
and I take it out and I play it in a, a solo on the George Harrison um, album, the By George album. And then they put it right back and under plexiglass. I mean, it's like the Mona Lisa. They put it there under the plexiglass <laughs> in the museum. Um, speaking of, I feel a little bit like Casey Kasem doing this during this interview, but speaking of stories about songs, is it true that you or somebody in the band had a friend who stuttered and that's where you got the inspiration for the way in which you guys did You Ain't Seen Nothing Yet? Yes, it was me and it was my brother who stuttered and I had three brothers and we played pranks on each other and teased each other incessantly. And when BTO was hot and number one, I thought I would stutter over a throwaway band track and mix a copy on cassette and just send it to my brother as a na 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 kind of thing. <laughs> and uh, the head of our label heard it and said, I want to put that on the album. It's unique. There's nothing like it on the radio. <laughs> and he put it on the album. And it's out of tune, and I don't know what I'm singing about, and the guitar's flat. And I said, this is terrible. Let me redo it. And we couldn't recapture the magic. So the way it is is the way it went. It came on the album, and they released it as a single, and it went to number one in 22 countries and sold millions of copies. I mean, for an album band like us to have like a hit single, it's kind of like a stairway to heaven coming out and selling a million singles. <laughs> You're ca I, I've I've always heard that. I never knew that whether that was true or not. So that's, that was your incredible. And your brother probably loved it, right? Well, let's put it this way: when it came out, he stopped stuttering. Really? <laughs> really? Yeah. <laughs> he didn't want well, anyone to know it was him. <laughs> well, this is. I mean, it's extraordinary having you on, and you tell some amazing stories. And for those who are interested in more. You gotta watch Bachman, which is about Randy Bachman's life and his career, and you can see it premieres today on iTunes, Prime Video, Google Play, and DVD. And I would invite you back on this show anytime. Mm -hmm. And I and you, you you know if you come to Boston, I, your stories are extraordinary. So I'd love to have you in the studio at some point, Randy. That would be great. I'll do that. I'll call you tomorrow, same time. All right, yeah, call, okay. yeah, call, us, yeah. Yeah, call us tomorrow, same time, and we'll talk more. All right? It's, okay. It's, uh, congrats on everything. It's Thanks, really great, really great to talk to you. All right. That's, bye -bye. Uh, that's Randy Bachman. Great stories. Oh, my yeah, God. Unbelievable. Really, really good stuff. And the pizza delivery guy. Yep. He, I hope he gets royalties. I mean. I don't know. I mean. I hope they tipped him. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> Jeez. Um. You notice I'm most excited about the story with the, that involves a pizza, pizza delivery. Right. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, predictable. Yeah. That's, yeah. That's, fine. that's that's great. Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion.